Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts. Join in on a great conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the latest tricks and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso and his co-host. Welcome to the Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. My co-hosts are out and about, so I'm flying solo today. And you are listening to the Spotlight, where we focus on highlighting stars, greats, and game changers. If you're a fit, we want your interview on the Spotlight. We broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m., so please set your calendar to hear from the world's elite. And you can catch every episode of the Spotlight on my mobile app. Just go to Tony. D-U-R-S-O.com slash mobile from your Android or iPhone. And once it loads, past episodes of the Spotlight will automatically appear in column one. And column two is my other weekly show highlighting elite entrepreneurs called Revenue Chat. All right. Today we set the stage for the Spotlight to chat with Davin Michaels, CEO of 123 Employee and New York Times bestselling author. He's the true global lifestyle entrepreneur and international speaker. CEO of 123 Employee, Davin made a career of living the American dream. Starting his entrepreneurial career at age 15, he never looked back. And his new book, Outsource Smart, propelled him to the top of the bestseller lists of the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, and Amazon number one bestseller. He's become an advocate for the small business owner and has appeared on numerous radio and TV shows globally, and his books have sold thousands of copies worldwide. And Davin has shared the stage with such notables as Bill Clinton, Mark Victor Hansen, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, Gary Vee, and many others. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Spotlight, Davin. Thanks, Tony. It's great to be here. Well, thank you, Davin. It's such an honor to finally meet you. I've known about 123 Employees for a little while, and I truly appreciate you taking the time to join us today on the Spotlight. It's my pleasure. Well, great. Davin, first things first, I mentioned just a little bit about you, and I'd love to know, please, how did it all start for you? Ah, well, that's a good question. Um, Well, you know, for me, Tony, it's an entrepreneur's story. And if you're listening to this right now and you're an entrepreneur, you probably have a story too. Um, I've been self-employed for over 30 years and it's been a wild ride. I don't know where the time has gone. Of course, I started my business when I was four years old. (laughs) Just kidding. I started started my business when I was 15 and uh, it's been incredible. Um, I started my business Uh, I was in the clothing business and I was designing clothing for music groups and this was in the early 80s and I really had no idea what I was doing. I was just kind of muddling my way through it. But uh, a funny thing happened after we opened for business, just a short while after we opened for business, MTV came on the air, changed the face of music and changed our lives. And so we were working with these bands that had nothing going on within about 90 days. Most of them had record deals. Within about a year, they were selling millions of albums and we rode that wave. And it was an incredible time, especially at such a young age, touring with these you know, big bands of the 80s and 90s, you know, uh, Madonna, Cyndi Lauper, Thompson Twins, Duran Duran, lots of bands. And uh, that was great. Uh, from there, I had a good run. I was in the telecommunications business, uh, very humble beginnings, but five years later, uh, sold to a public company, and I took back stock in that company. 
when that company got bought out, that moment in time changed my entire life, definitely elevated me to another level, which was great. And from there, um, I became the biggest electronic music event producer in the US. I was able to parlay that into a short career as a recording artist, long career as a music and television producer, produced some of the biggest bands in the world. And um, about a decade ago, we started our outsourcing business. And it was one of those opportunities that I kind of fell into. I was spending a lot of time on, in the Eastern world, uh, Southeast Asia. And uh, we started the company. And uh, once again, it was, it was, it was, there were a lot of challenges early on. When we started the business nearly a decade ago, the infrastructure that's there today didn't really exist. Uh, entrepreneurs didn't know a lot about outsourcing. And our niche at the time was outsourcing for entrepreneurs. So we realized pretty early on that if we wanted to have a market, we'd have to somehow figure out a way to create that market. And we adopted an educational model. And I started writing books. And as you alluded to, eventually became a New York Times bestselling author. Um, I started creating products, info products, and uh, those educated our market. We, I began speaking on stages. We began events, doing events all over the globe. And we educated our, our prospects and turned them into clients. And that's a model that we still use today. Today, I still speak all over the world. We still do events in Australia, US, New Zealand, Europe, Asia. And uh, it's something we really enjoy doing. And I'm still writing books today. Wow, Devin. What a whirlwind of success. Just amazing. Just amazing, amazing what you've done and what you've been through. And I'd like to take this apart a little bit. My, my first interest is in your music and television producing career. Yeah. Perhaps you could share some memorable moment and tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was, it was really interesting. Um, when I was very young, I was into um, music, uh, electronic music. And I was, this was back when I had my telecommunications company. A good friend of mine, one of my best friends, he's still one of my best buds today, Beach, he, he had this idea he, you know, where we were going to kind of get into the nightclub business. And this was a long, long time ago. It, it was in Los Angeles and it was an underground scene back then. And he felt that we could really elevate it to another level. And so I'm the guy that kind of came in, took this underground scene and commercialized it. And when we first started, we were doing events for you know, a couple thousand people. And by the time we got done, we were filling amusement parks, 20,000 people. And in doing that, I had a built-in fan base. So I was like, you know, I really want to be a rock star. So, so I started writing uh, and producing my own music. And I would throw a concert and I'd have 20,000 people show up because I had that fan base automatically, which was really cool. And I, at that time, after a little while, people started to ask me to write and produce. And, and I started doing that, figuring that I would get back to being a recording artist, but I never really did. I, I, that kind of took off. And what happened was my partner, Layla, discovered Tupac, and that kind of plummeted me into the hip-hop world and produced some really big bands, um, you know, worked with Black Eyed Peas and Julio, and, and uh, it was really fun. And I really enjoyed doing that. And I kind of was going to keep doing that, but what happened was Napster came out and really changed the face of music in a, in a crazy and different way. At the time, 50 million people were downloading, or downloading their music for Napster. They weren't paying for music. It was pre-Apple you know, Apple music. And uh, I, I really felt the writing was on the wall. I, I thought that the music business as we knew it wasn't going to exist anymore, and it, it really it really didn't. I mean, it, it, it destroyed the music business. The music business came back. It was reinvented, but totally different. Today, it's singles driven. People just download. You know, they might pay you know ninety nine cents for a song. Uh, Apple is the biggest record label in the world, or they may pay ten dollars a month for all you can eat music. So the real money in music today is made on the performance side and on the royalties side uh, for performance uh, performance royalties. 
And so it was totally different. So at the time, uh, I, I just felt like the music business was going to implode, and it kind of did compared to where it was before. So I, I felt like the next step for me, it just made sense to start producing television. So uh, reality television was just getting kind of hot back then, so I started producing reality TV. And I never really had any big hits in television because I was only there for a few years, and then our outsourcing business took off. And what I love about our outsourcing business is because I speak all over the world, it allows me to get that entertainment out of me because at the, at the core of who I am, I'm definitely an entertainer. I, I love doing that. And so when I speak on stages all over the globe, I, I do get to entertain and teach and empower and make a difference in other people's lives. And quite frankly, if you would have told me, you know, if you would have sat me down as a teenager uh, and told me this is what your life is going to be, I never would have believed you. It's just, it's so amazing and it's humbling. I pinch myself every day, but it's just the coolest thing. I, I feel like I have this business that was really designed for me. Now, it didn't start like that. I mean, I really worked hard for decades, sometimes doing stuff I really loved, sometimes doing stuff I really hated. But I kept, I always kept in my mind this idea of, of my perfect business and I always moved towards that. And I feel like probably a little over a decade ago, I, I figured it all out. And today I just, you know, I, I, I feel so blessed. I get paid to do what I do. I would do it for free. <laughs> I love it. What a great story. And you know, I see your, your posts here on Facebook and so forth from time to time. Yeah. You travel around the world so fast. You're in Los Angeles. Next week, you're in Las Vegas. Next week, you're somewhere else. It's like it makes someone's head spin. And you're like in a different city or country almost every week. I'd like to know, what topics are you finding the world market being so eager to learn about? You know, that is an amazing question. You know, you, you, you know I do a lot of interviews, Tony, and, and, you know, you get a lot of the same questions, but I've never been asked that question, and that's a, a fantastic question. And I believe the hottest thing that everybody in the world is talking about right now is cryptocurrency. So mm -hmm. they're talking about Bitcoin. Uh, they're talking about how it's going to change the world. And I'm a huge advocate. I... I'd like to say I was an early adopter, but I was kind of early. Uh, I, I started getting into the crypto space probably about a year ago, but I had friends that were in it for many years before me. Uh, but it's been life-changing uh, for us um, as a company, me, me personally. And, you know, I think it's the new internet. Uh, and, and it's so exciting and so interesting. And that's, that's really what people are talking about right now all over the world. Very, very cool. Very interesting. And I, I've dabbled with it as well. And I yeah. tell about that. I talk about cryptocurrency on another interview and I've actually brought some specialists on here and there. Very interesting subject. But I really am interested in the outsource and I have a multiple of questions as I'm sure our audience is very interested. There's so many questions. Maybe just take them one at, one at a time. First of all, the biggest thing is, okay, I'm in my country. I'm in the U.S. here. How can somebody overseas, first of all, how, is, how are they going to do a better job for me, for my business, than me hiring someone else in my own country? Yeah. You know, they may or may not do a better job. There's a lot of things that you need to take into consideration when you're thinking about outsourcing. Uh, and actually, before I even cover that, let me just kind of give a little background for, for you listeners out there. You may or may not know exactly my background. So about a decade ago, I founded a company, one, two, three employee. We're the premier outsourcing centers in the Philippines. Today, we have about 550 employees on three continents. And we work with entrepreneurs all, all over the globe doing all their busy stuff in their business. Uh, and that's everything from internet marketing to social media, telemarketing, back office tasks, inbound, outbound voice, help desk, transcription, the list goes on and on. All the busy stuff so that entrepreneurs can focus on the income generating activities in their business and the things that really juice them and excite them. Our mission at the company 
is to rescue lifestyle starved entrepreneurs, give them their time back and their lives back. And I love doing that because, you know, the first couple of decades of my, of my entrepreneurial career, I was a real micromanager and I used to really focus on the minutia and today I only focus on the big picture and that's what really grew my business and it kind of made it my mission to help entrepreneurs do the same today. Now, we've really grown and branched out today. We also work with really large companies doing their customer service and ticketing. But, uh, but at the core of who we are, we're, we're really an entrepreneurial-based company. So uh, to answer your question, so when, when you hire people overseas, you know, sometimes it may not be better, but you may be paying a fraction of the price. And so that equals out as a better alternative. What you'll find when you outsource overseas is you're obviously going to pay less money. And that can be a huge, you know, that can be a huge asset. Like we work with so many companies, so many entrepreneurs that are solopreneurs, they're small companies. They probably, you know, sometimes they have zero employees in the U.S. and they wouldn't be able to afford employees in the U.S. But overseas, they can have employees. And over time, they can grow their business. They hire one employee and then they begin to scale and then they have several. And then eventually, maybe they'll hire like a, a manager in the U.S. They're paying, you know, for more goods and services in the U.S. They're thriving in the U.S. They're contributing to the tax base. So it all kind of works out, but it's certainly a different kind of model. The one thing, though, that I think, if you're a listener right now, you, one thing you will definitely experience is you will find a better work ethic when you're working with companies overseas. Now, Tony, I know that your podcast is listened to you know, from people all over the world. So my guess is if you are currently outsourcing or if you end up outsourcing, there's probably one of probably three places or regions that you will end up outsourcing to. One would be India, the other would be the Philippines, and the other would probably be Eastern Europe. Now, of course, you know, today, because of the internet, you can outsource wherever you want. You do your goods and services, you buy your goods and services through, you know, wherever it makes the most sense, really. But ideally, I find that most, most businesses outsource to those three areas. And so for coding, for writing software, usually that is India or Eastern Europe. And for BPO, which is the business we're in, which stands for business process outsourcing, which is everything from customer service to the busy stuff, that is generally the Philippines. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Just ahead, we continue the chat with Davin Michaels, CEO of 123 Employee and New York Times bestselling author. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. As the spotlight with Tony D'Urso continues to grow with a very large audience, new sponsor opportunities are now available. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with stars, greats, and game changers? Would you like to see your brand on a high-profile show that's downloaded thousands of times each episode? Would you like to see your brand promoted to my extensive social media network reaching millions of impressions? If so, let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at TonyDurso.com and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at TonyDurso.com. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. 
Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We don't follow. We lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight. Today's show is with Davin Michaels, CEO of 123 Employee and New York Times bestselling author. Davin is a true global lifestyle entrepreneur, international speaker, as well as New York Times bestselling author. He states he stumbled across a business formula that he used to turn multiple diverse business ventures into extremely successful businesses, including a few multiple-million-dollar home runs. He speaks on this extensively and provides a ton of advice and guidance to entrepreneurs and businesses the world over. All right, and now back to the chat with Devin. So what I generally do know is that if you end up outsourcing to a place like India, the Philippines, or Eastern Europe, you will find a much better work ethic than you will in the U.S. Uh, Unfortunately, in the U.S., we tend to have this, um, I guess, sort of an employment mentality. And overseas, uh, you've got people that are really uh, hungry and they really want the business. And and they're they're really eager. They've gotten a taste of capitalism. They've got a taste of making their own money and they want to make more of it. They're, They're very hungry. And sorry, the word I was looking for was entitlement mentality. Excuse me. So that's what you find a lot of in the U.S. You don't find much of that overseas. Absolutely. So true. Unfortunately, you find it more and more in the U.S. Yes. I, I, yeah, totally agree. And they're more, they're more hungry, as you say. They're more interested in doing a good job. Their wages are less. You know, in the Philippines, they make 3 $4 an hour is like a really good payout there. Yep. But they understand more the value of a dollar, and they appreciate it more than perhaps in the U.S. where, okay, I get $10 an hour, I can just sit on my butt and I don't even have to worry about it. And you can't fire me very easily because there's laws against it. So it's a whole different thing. And I've seen it. I've been in the corporate world for a very long time, been a VP. I've had up to 200 people under me and I see this and it's like, you can't change it as easily in the US. But out there in the Philippines, from my dealings with them, very they're very intuitive. They really want to help please, which is different than... And I, I'm not trying to bash American workers, believe sure. me. But just in the Philippines, there's this, uh, let's call it another layer, another dimension of, I really want to please you. I, I want this job. I need this job. I appreciate it. I understand it. 
I am going to do my best for you. At least that's how it appear. It comes across to me. Yeah, and and I would totally agree with you. In the U.S., what I'm seeing these days is on the employee side, I see a strong uh, entitlement mentality, and on the entrepreneurial side, I see a massive shift to to entrepreneurialism or entrepreneurship. You know, there's just so many new entrepreneurs every single day in the U.S., and the U.S. has really become this sort of this land of entrepreneur-driven business. So it's, it's, it's pretty incredible what's, what the shift that's taken place over the last decade or so. Yes, it is. Yeah. And now be, you did mention this, but we're going to slow it down a little bit and kind of give just a little bit of a list because people listening, especially in the U.S., which is probably the majority of our audience, they'd like to know, well, they're probably thinking, well, does this apply to me? Should I keep listening to this interview? Is this important to my business? Let's give a little rundown of some of the tasks that your employees can do properly and expertly for, let's say, a U.S. business. Yeah, sure. So um, we do so many tasks today, it's, it's almost kind of daunting. Uh, and it's one of the reasons we made a big shift to larger companies as well, because the larger company model is much simpler. It's just customer service. But for small businesses, we do everything from internet marketing, social media, telemarketing, back office tasks, appointment setting, inbound, outbound voice, transcription. And the list goes on. It seems like every day there's some new software application that our clients want us to learn. And uh, as a result, uh, we do. So there, there's a lot of things that we do. And if you're an entrepreneur and you're, if you're listening to this and you've been self-employed for a long time, then you understand that there's so much minutia on your plate. There's a million tasks that you can do every day in your business, but only a small handful that really uh, give you bottom line results. And that's what I call income generating activities or IGAs. And so your goal as a business person is to take all the minutiae, all of the, the mundane and the arduous tasks and outsource or delegate that to somebody else. Uh, and then really focus on the income generating activities in your business and even outsource as many of those as possible. Uh, and then what happens is if you can get all of that minutiae off of your plate, then you sort of become the chief strategist in your business, the deal maker, the visionary. And that's really the goal. Like for me, what happened in my business, the first two decades of my business, I had some great success. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there were plenty of ups and downs, but I had some really great success, which was cool. But I was just working my tail off. And there were so many ideas I had that I knew would take my business to a whole nother level, not just more money, but like build that would really turn my company into a big company. Um, but I was so buried in my business that I didn't have the leverage to be able to do that, even though at the time I probably had hundreds of employees, but I still, there was only one of me in my business. And we didn't really find this huge success. We didn't really grow massively until I started hiring my first C-level employees. And then it was like I had more of me. And once I did that, our business really grew exponentially. And so my goal for everyone that outsources is it's really a two-step process. First, you want to get the minutia off of your plate. So you start outsourcing, delegating as much as you can. And then what happens is now you become this, this visionary, this real leader in your business as opposed to just another employee in your business and your business really begins to grow and then you start to make a lot more money and then you start bringing in more of you. And those employees are not cheap, they're expensive to hang on to them, but you bring them in and then your business really explodes because it's like having three or four of you in your company and that's, it's like night and day, it changes everything. Devin, that is absolutely amazing, and I'm very, very impressed by a lot of this. And I understand that you may have alluded to, you may have mentioned this just a little bit earlier, but you were doing your business. What led to the start of your one, two, three employee? You're running your business. 
how did this brainchild, this, this light in your head, just jump up and say, hey, let's do this. Let's outsource to the Philippines. How did this happen? Yeah, so it, was, it definitely was not by design. Uh, what happened was um, I was in the music business and I was producing and I had a great friend of mine. His name is Ian Rich and he was a very successful producer. He had a publishing deal in Asia and he was very buried in it. He needed help and he asked me if I could assist and I did. And that put me on that side of the world. I was there several times a year and that was kind of how I got into outsourcing, what happened was I had decided that I was going to open a sales floor for one of our U.S. companies. And at the time, I was going to do it in the U.S. And what happened was uh, I, I didn't know if I was going to do it virtually or if I was going to, you know, get my own building and, and put people in it. That was kind of what I thought I was going to do. The whole virtual business thing was just a, a new concept 10 years ago. It was like very few companies were doing it. Uh, and right around that time, I put an ad on Craigslist saying that I was looking for some people. And then right around that time, I, I ran into somebody that had a small shop in the Philippines. And he said, hey, I think we could do this. And uh, so we gave it a shot. I fell on my butt a couple of times. But on the third attempt, we actually figured it out. And then later, we opened our own center. And it was, again, very humble beginnings. In the early days, we had about 10, 20 employees. Then that we went up to about 30 and then, and then I was like, you know, maybe we could offer this as a service. So we started doing that and we had some initial success, which was great. And, but again, it was a bumpy road. But uh, anyways, uh, so, you know, it, it was an idea to, to sell it as a service. And again, we didn't have a market. So we created that market through education. And right around that time, I brought on my, my first C-level and uh, we started to get some leverage. And then the business really took off. We, we, we really had a huge explosion. And we went from maybe 30 to a couple hundred employees in a short amount of time. And uh, it's been great. And what we do is we work with a lot of small businesses. We work with some bigger businesses today too. But we work with a lot of small businesses. Sometimes they'll hire one employee or sometimes they can't even afford an employee. So they'll hire us you know, for part-time because we have part-time employees as well. And then once in a while, we build this relationship with them. They begin to grow. Uh, we grow as a result too. And then once in a while we hit a home run, you know, somebody goes from one employee to 10 or 20 or 30. This last year, uh, we're in 2017 right now. Uh, one of our clients went from like two employees to 150 employees. Oh and my goodness. That, that's like a multi, multi-million dollar account. So yeah, we, we just get a few of those a year. It's fantastic. <laughs> and we, we love it. So uh, it's pretty cool. That is so cool. And, yep. you know, I mentioned this earlier. I know that the, the wage out there is, is not like the U.S. or so forth. Are those people making a good living? Are they able to survive and thrive working in this yeah, environment? They, they are. We have, a pr we have a pretty high retention rate, which is, which is nice because people love working at our centers. Uh, our pay is, is very fair and reasonable. And we really encourage our clients to give our employees bonuses, performance-based bonuses, $100 goes a long way in the Philippines. And so our, a lot of our clients are, are very successful clients. They, they tip their employees. And uh, as a result, they retain them for a long time. So, yeah, we have, we have a pretty amazing, very happy workforce. Cool. I presume that a client, okay, I'm a client. I communicate to my employee through email or do, can I see them on Zoom? How, do, how, do I, and how does someone interface with them? Sure. So um, we switched to um, what we call a project management model a few years ago, and I'll kind of explain. So in the early days, you would just hire a virtual assistant from one, two, three employee, and you would just work with them on a daily basis. But what's happened is when we first opened our company, 
about 95% of our business was voice-based and it was in three different verticals. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Just ahead, we're going to find out more from Davin Michaels, CEO of 123 Employee and New York Times bestselling author. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Is it true that a majority of new businesses fail? Check this out. In order to have a successful growing business, there are some vital points that you must know. You must have worked them out thoroughly. They must be synchronized with each other and all employees, consultants, and companies that you depend on must know these items and be in agreement with them if your new business is to meet with a high percentage of success. Get it free. The Vision Map. Beat the odds for business success at TonyDURSO.com slash vision. Learn how to establish your vision, purpose, long-term objective, and master plan, including strategic and tactical planning. Get the vision map. Beat the odds for business success at TonyDURSO.com slash vision. V-I-S-I-O-N. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDURSO.com. Now, back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight. Today's show is with Davin Michaels, CEO of 123 Employee and New York Times bestselling author. Davin's 123 companies started with 123 employee in 2006. In 2011, he added high end marketing, consulting, and coaching. And today, 123 Venture Group operates through four distinct yet interrelated divisions. Together, they service entrepreneurs and businesses all over the world. All right, back to the chat with Davin. Today, uh, I would say probably 95% of our business is internet-based, uh, of course, because that's the world we live in today. And we are in a million different verticals. Uh, it's just a different world. 
And so it was impossible for each of our uh, virtual assistants to be trained well enough to be able to do everything a client needed. So we switched to what we call a project manager uh, model. And so for free, as a client of 123, you get a project manager. And that, your project manager is kind of your liaison. You work with them on a daily basis. They are our senior level people. They've been with us for years. They can handle just about everything you need. If something goes beyond uh, their scope, they can dip it down to one of our expert teams. We have different teams and different channels. And then they'll project manage that and, and then relate it back to the client. And that works out very well. So then to answer your question, you can reach your project manager anytime you need to. Um, and there's a million channels for doing that. So you can reach them on the phone. We give you a local phone number in the area code of your choice. You can do Skype, uh, email, text, Telegram, Slack. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget fax. What's up, <laughs> fax. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, uh, or you can even send them smoke signals, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you, um, for me, what I have found to be the biggest challenge for me in business is the amount of channels there are for communication. I hate it. And because the reality is um, I have people in my email, so they check most of my email. But still, I have on a daily basis, I go through a rotation. I have my three email addresses. I, I have Skype, WhatsApp, Telegram, uh, Slack, uh, and then uh, Messenger text and I think one other platform. So literally I rotate around 10 different platforms for communication on a daily basis. And sometimes I share this with my peers and they're like, well, you should just tell everyone that you're only on this channel, but that doesn't work. Everybody, you know, everybody's got their favorite channel. And if you're not going to communicate with them on that channel, there's a good chance you're not going to communicate with them. And I, I think the greatest invention would be something that, that put all of those under one hood, but unfortunately they all have their own closed APIs. So it's not possible to do. But that is, to me, that is my biggest business challenge is all the different channels there are for communication. I mean, it's great. It makes it easy. But with so many channels, it's, it's a hassle. Oh, totally understand. One of my dear friends is in Australia and he goes back and forth. He goes around the world. And the best way to reach him is Facebook Messenger. It's just the way that one works right there. Devin, what about the trust factor? I'm a company, I'm a solopreneur, I'm a small business, I've, I've got a couple of employees, whatever. I'm very careful about having the competition know what I'm doing, how I'm doing. How do you deal with the trust factor in, in outsourcing some work? Sure. Well, Tony, for many, many years, you know, speaking all over the world on outsourcing, and I never talked about trust, I never talked about security, because I just never thought it was an issue. We never had an issue with one, two, three employees, so I never really talked about it. And several years ago, I was in Orlando, I was speaking at an event, I, I'd gotten off stage and then it was lunchtime. And this gentleman came up to me, he was a lawyer and he said, you know, I just came back from lunch, with about 15 people, we were all buzzing about what you do. Everybody is so interested, but everybody had a concern about security. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that before because we never had incident. So um, when I think about business, when I think about security, it usually comes into maybe three or four different buckets. So. One is trade secrets, right? So I don't worry too much about trade secrets for a, a number of reasons. One is we are happy to sign NDAs on both the management level and, and on the floor level with our employees as well. So that's, that's, that's not an issue. And as valuable as your customer data is to you, it doesn't really mean much to one of your employees that's an ocean away. So that's really not a big deal in the trade secret thing. Now, the next thing we have to be concerned about is proprietary information, like maybe our client's 
you know, contact information or, or their personal information, like social security numbers or what have you. And, and quite often we do have to deal with that kind of stuff. But today's CRMs are very sophisticated and you can program in what needs to be blanked out. If it's social security numbers, maybe it's just the last four digits or what have you. And so that's pretty easily managed. Now, another thing that's a concern is credit cards. Now, it's very likely that you're going to give your employees your credit card info. Like I have a few assistants, but my main assistant, she has several of my credit. Actually, all my employees, my, all my assistants have my credit cards and they use it for things like, you know, booking my travel and social media and all, all kinds of different things. And I don't worry about it one bit for a couple of reasons. One is your liability on a credit card is $50. No matter what credit card it is in the world, the law says your liability is $50. So, what do I care about $50? And I have a lot of premium cards that I use, like my black card, where I have zero liability. So the reality is I don't care about it at all. If a card gets lost or stolen, I just turn it off. Uh, it doesn't generally happen, but it could. Uh, so I don't worry about the credit cards uh, as well. Now, finally, the last thing, and I think this is probably paramount, is username and passwords, right? Because the odds are you're gonna have 10, 20 platforms that you're gonna want your assistant to log into and you, you want, you're definitely going to be concerned about those passwords. And I think that's probably the biggest uh, concern. Um, so there's a lot of password savers out there, programs that will save your passwords, like 1Password, Chrome has it, all the browsers have it built in, and there's a, a myriad of different options there. Well, there's also one out there called LastPass, L-A-S-T-P-A-S-S, and we always suggest that all of our clients use LastPass. And what's great about LastPass is not only does it save your passwords, but it allows you to share passwords, but they're encrypted. So you can send it to one of your employees. They can log into whatever site you want them to log into. They can log in and out anytime they want, but they can't see the username and password. And then let's say you give your employee 10, 20 passwords, and one day they just disappear on you. They you know, go rogue, whatever, you know, let's say. I mean, it doesn't happen, but let's say it did. Uh, you hit one button, and it turns off all the passwords, so they no longer have any access. So LastPass really, you know, locks you in on the security concern there and it's, it's not a big deal at all. So yeah, there you go. Well, very cool. All right. I feel good about that. Yeah. And I probably should have mentioned this just a little bit earlier, but when I was working some years back, I was working on getting some work out of the country. I was looking into outsourcing and I was looking at doing a lot of it for my business uh, in lead generation and marketing and so forth. One of my family members you know, I was talking about it at the dinner table here and we had, you know, a number of guests and one of our, one of them just voraciously started yelling at me and blamed me for taking work out of the U.S. It yeah. was embarrassing. It just caught me totally by surprise, yeah. Devin. I didn't expect yeah. it. It's like, what? I'm trying to survive and grow my business and this is a smart choice. Yeah. Anyways, there are a lot of people that may say, and this has changed in society over years, but they yep. may say outsourcing is un-American. Yeah. How, how would you handle that, please? Yeah, absolutely. So when we started the business uh, nearly a decade ago, we dealt with that on a daily basis. So, I mean, it was, it, was, it was challenging times for sure. Back then, I would get hate mail on a daily basis. I would get FU calls. People would call me and say, FU, and hang up on me. So uh, literally every single day, there was not a single day that went by that I didn't get either some hate email or, or calls. And that went on for uh, a few years. And then Tim Ferriss's book came out for our work week. And that really changed everything for us. That was when we were able to make a big shift from kind of defending ourselves to educating our prospects and turning them into clients. 
And that was a big tipping point for our business. Uh, today, I never hear that. I just, I don't hear it anymore. And people may think it and they're just, they're, they're not willing to say it to me, but I, I just don't get it at all. But back when I used to defend myself or when I, you know, when I had to kind of explain what was up, basically, here's how I did it. You know, today, uh, because of the internet, you, the whole world has been flattened. And so as a result, we can source our goods and services from wherever it makes sense in the world. And most of the people we work with can't, are, are companies that really couldn't afford employees in the U.S. Uh, so now they can actually have employees. They can actually grow and prosper rather than go out of business. And at the end of the day, they begin to grow. Uh, as they grow, eventually they will source goods and services in the U.S. They'll pay taxes in the U.S. They'll probably end up hiring in the U.S. And as a result, everybody wins. It's certainly not a perfect model, but it's today's model and it, and it does work. And as a result, uh, people thrive in their homeland, but also our brothers and sisters overseas that have far less than you could ever imagine they went to. So I, I think that we can't have a myopic view anymore. We don't live in the US, we live in the world, right? We all live on this big blue marble called earth. And, and to think that you know, you're just a citizen of one country uh, is I, I think just a limiting belief. It's a, it's a myopic viewpoint of the world we live in today. Totally agree with you on that, absolutely. This is The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Just ahead, Davin shares more insights and his contact info. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. As the spotlight with Tony D'Urso continues to grow with a very large audience, new sponsor opportunities are now available. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with stars, greats, and game changers? Would you like to see your brand on a high-profile show that's downloaded thousands of times each episode? Would you like to see your brand promoted to my extensive social media network reaching millions of impressions? If so... Let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com, and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com. It's time to elevate yourself and your business to the next level. What are the secrets of business success? Discover them on Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with your host, Kieran Sweeney. Find out who the business owners are that stand out in their respective industries and what they can teach you. The program contains valuable advice that can cost thousands through a professional consultant. Key Entrepreneurs of Influence can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We don't follow, we lead. 
Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on The Spotlight. Today's interview is with Davin Michaels, CEO of 123 Employee and New York Times bestselling author. Davin's masterpiece, Outsource Smart, is a New York Times, Los Angeles Times, and Amazon bestseller. Some of his other amazing works are Lessons from Beyond and Outsource This. Also, he has a number of new books coming out soon. All right, and now back to the chat. For a business, no matter what size, you said earlier, you could even get a part-time employee. That's for real? I could just get someone to work a couple hours a day? Absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, we have packages as small as a couple hours a day, exactly. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I'm going to try to see if I can stump you here, okay? Let's pick some businesses and careers. Let's say I'm an existing author. Can your company, can your people help me sell more books or get, get people to know more about me? Yeah, absolutely. So I can certainly relate to that because I'm an existing author, author myself. I've authored about 10 books. And, and uh, so many of the ways, matter of fact, I'll, I'll give you some great uh, insight into this. So when I became a New York Times bestseller, it was not coincidence. It was not fate. It wasn't luck. It was a ridiculously strategic and intense uh, marketing campaign that was all implemented by myself and my team. My publisher is McGraw-Hill. They had nothing to do with the success of the book. Nothing. Okay. I, wow. I, I think, yeah, I, I don't even think they thought it was going to be successful. And I, you know, I told them, I said, we're going to make this a New York Times bestseller. And they were, they were very happy for me, but they, I'm sure they didn't believe it at all. And, and when it happened, they were very proud and, and very surprised. And I could not have done it without my team overseas. And I'll give you an example of, of many of the things they did. So first of all, one of the things that we had to do was when you become a New York Times bestseller, uh, it's the way they figure that out is through book scans. So books that are, you know, when you, when you go to Barnes and Noble and you check out, they scan your book, that's book scan. So you can't game the system and it's not comprised of online sales only. It's also retail as well. And so I, I realized early on, I said, okay, well, you know, what advantages do I have here at being at retail? And there weren't many <laughs> to be quite frank with you, but I did hone in on it uh, by studying the retail patterns of buyers and how it worked. And I did that all with my team. So I remember it initially started with this. So first I made a phone call to McGraw-Hill and I said, hey, look, uh, I need a list of the 600 or so, uh, there was six or 800 uh, Barnes and Noble stores and the Books A Million stores. I need that list. And to my chagrin, it was totally absurd but they said, we don't have a list. And now I have no idea how, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest publishers on the planet doesn't have a list of the stores they sell to, but my guess is they outsource it just like everything else is outsourced in the world. They outsource the distribution. So immediately I had my team uh, data mine all that information. So they're all jumping on the, on the internet uh, and, and scraping all that data. So then we had the list. Well, then during the whole campaign, we were surveying the stores to see how many books were getting sold to get them restocked and so on and so forth. And we, my team was doing that. You know, I, I had so many employees were able to make those calls and, and do that work. 
And then I, I knew that I wanted more press, so I had my team working on that. I knew that I needed to be on the radio, so I had my team uh, getting me radio bookings. Uh, in addition to that, I knew that besides the press outlets, that there are bloggers that get way more traffic than like, you know, Fox Business. And so my, I had my team jumping on Technorati and finding out who those thought leaders were and, and getting them to review my book. And that was a big deal. And then uh, one of my videos went viral during uh, my book campaign. And that's what really pushed it over the edge and made a New York Times bestseller. And that was all planned as well. And so I remember one of the things we did is I have a, ver a very strategic process to how I launch a video. Today I have about 18 million views on YouTube and uh, I have my daily vlog that launches. We have the first couple hundred episodes that are already in the can, they're shot. And so I have a very specific way of how I launch video. And so one of the things we did was the moment that video hit YouTube, my hundreds of employees were posting comments. So immediately, you know, uh, YouTube started to see that action. And within about 48 hours, the editors put it on the YouTube homepage and that made that video take off and that pushed the book over the edge. So uh, there's a myriad of different things that your virtual assistant can do to help an author, to help a speaker, to help a thought leader. I'll share another idea as well. I find that most authors are speakers. Uh, it's a great platform for your book, as am I. So when I started speaking, which wasn't very long ago, maybe it's seven or eight years ago now, I guess it has been a while, maybe six or seven years. And I wanted to speak internationally. I, I live in the U.S., although we are moving to Puerto Rico next month, which we're excited about, which is still the U.S., but it's a little more exotic. But I wanted to speak internationally. And the reason why is I knew that stages overseas were bigger. Uh, I could charge more money. And, and plus, I love to travel. I want to see the world. So I want to speak all over the world. Well, in the, in, at least in the U.S., as a speaker, you know, you, you master the U.S. and then eventually you end up speaking on stages overseas. That's like kind of where the bigger money is. Uh, well, I wanted that right away. So what I did was I took three of my team, three of my virtual assistants. I put them in three different time zones. I had them data mine to find me stages that I could speak on. Then they would present that data to me. I would approve the data. And then they would reach out on my behalf. And what happened was back then, I wasn't an accomplished speaker. I wasn't a New York Times bestselling author. I was a good business person and I was very good at putting butts in seats. I was a good marketer. And I knew that that's the biggest pain point that most promoters have. They need to get more butts in seats. So I would have my team reach out on my behalf and say, hey, I'm calling me on behalf of Dev Michaels. He's a speaker. Uh, and he's really good at getting butts in seats. Devin asked me to reach out to you and schedule some time for the two of you to talk to see how he might be able to add value to what you're doing and help you out. And that would open the doors. And then they would schedule those calls with myself and my U.S. assistant, Kristen, on a conference bridge. And I would explain to them how I could add value and get more butts in seats. And, and then they would book me to speak on their stages. And we did that for a while, maybe about 20 calls. And after that, I stopped showing up. And so Kristen would jump on the call and she'd say, you know, Davin just got busy on a phone call, but rather than make you wait, let's just jump into it. And she was getting me bookings. And at that point I was traveling all over the globe and it was a wonderful uh, success that still, uh, you know, brings in a ton of, of recognition, brand recognition and revenue to us today. I am absolutely impressed at that. That's phenomenal. So I see how you can help an author. I actually see how you could help someone who's got music, music CD, music sure. information. Someone with an invention, you could do a lot of social media. What about business that does, oh, let's just pick something. I'm in real estate. We have been really closely aligned with real estate and mortgage since the day we opened our company. 
Remember what I said when we opened in the early days, 95% of our business was voice-based and it was in three verticals. And those verticals were real estate, mortgage, and debt consolidation because a decade ago, that was just what was really hot. And, uh, and there wasn't a lot of internet activity at the time. So we've been closely aligned with that business forever. Uh, we work with a ton of uh, real estate professionals as well as investors. I speak on those stages all over the globe. We work with a lot of those marketers as well. And there's a ton of stuff that we do for real estate professionals. So for real estate professionals, it's all the busy work, you know, going through the MLS, reaching out to clients, posting on social media, doing appointment uh, settings, scheduling. For some, we even do processing of paperwork, uh, especially for some of the virtual real estate uh, agents and, and companies. Uh, and then for investors, it's usually like a lot of uh, research, follow-up. We actually have, we, we've created years ago, and we still use it today, a, a guide for real estate professionals and investors. And I think it's on, if you go to our website, if you go to 123employee.com, and I'm actually checking it as I'm talking to you here, I think it's uh, 123employee.com forward slash guides. Let's see if I'm correct. G-U-I-D-E-S. Uh, let's see. Am I correct? No, I'm incorrect. And go to our website and call us up and ask us where you can find that or uh, join our, our list and you'll, you'll definitely get info on it or you can, yeah, you can always reach out to us. Ah, okay. So uh, somebody just found it here in the office. It's 123employee.com forward slash guides dot HTML. Oh yeah, I know I can't pull it up. This is that computer that won't pull it up. Yeah, there you go. So 123employee.com forward slash guides dot HTML. And on there, you'll find our guide for real estate professionals and investors and our, our ROI guide, which is awesome for all businesses. There's a bunch of other guides on there too. So yeah, check it out. Very cool. And Devin, can someone go to 123employee.com? Can they reach you if they want to get a hold of you? Is there a contact? Yeah, for sure. You can always go to 123employee.com. Uh, also, we created a little special site for your uh, listeners. If you go to 123employee.com forward slash S for special, uh, you can get a whole bunch of free stuff, including my uh, five-part list building video series, our uh, VA service guide, and um, I think a copy of my audio book uh, and one of my other books too. How nice. So 123employee.com slash S, the letter S. For special. Or for the spotlight. That's right, for the spotlight. That's it. <laughs> well, great. That's very nice of you, Devin. I really, really appreciate that. It's very cool. I'm loving this interview. I'm loving this information because I see it as a business owner. I've had multiple businesses over the years. I could have taken any one of those businesses up of several notches just using 123 Employee based on what you have now. This is absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Just love it. Cool. All right. Well, such an amazing interview with Devin Michaels, CEO of 123 Employee and New York Times bestselling author. Again, thank you so much for sharing this all with us, Davin. I just love it, and I really am impressed by your success. These are very cool. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Tony. Sure. And to our Spotlight audience, thanks again. It's our honor to have you listen. All right. Keep your focus on success, and we'll see you next on the Spotlight. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and his special VIP co-host. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, enjoy the weekend. <laughs>